Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. And this continues despite the hockey season pause, COVID-19, lockdowns, quarantines, the whole thing. Uh, We continue to press on and... Yeah, I don't know what else to say, really. (laughs) It's not an easy time. We all miss the Bruins. We all miss hockey. But, uh, yeah, we're just all trying to do the best that we can and get through it together. So thank you again for continuing to listen to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. For those of you who are new, my name is Ian McLaren. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. I uh, used to work for The Score for a few years up here in Toronto. also do some freelance hockey writing for Second City Hockey, Daily Hive, and I uh, used to host a podcast called Stoop Time, which you can also find, I think. I think it's still out there. I don't really know, actually. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The podcast is available wherever you can get podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Casts. Apple users, I'd encourage you to leave a rating and a review. It would be very much appreciated. Today on the show, I'm continuing with Movie Mondays. And last week, I watched and reviewed Goon 1. This week, I watched and will be reviewing Goon 2, which is called Goon Last of the Enforcers. Uh, If you haven't watched it yet, hit pause. Check it out on Netflix, then come back and finish the podcast. If you have, well, I hope you enjoy my thoughts. And uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, What else is going on? Not really anything new in terms of timeline for when hockey might come back. Stateside, the uh, period of social distancing has been extended through the month of April. So that continues to push things back. There's still hopes that hockey will be back, say, late July or August into September, and we hope that our Bruins can eventually play for the 2020 Stanley Cup, but that remains very much up in the air at this point. Before we get to my review on Goon, take a listen to this message that was posted Monday morning by Bruins captain Zdeno Chara on his Instagram account. Hello Boston, this is Dan Ochara from Boston Bruins. I know we are going through some tough and challenging times right now. We all missing things we love to do. We don't have sports, but we've always been known as a city of champions. I would like to thank many people who are keeping us safe and healthy at this time. All the medical professionals, food delivery people, first responders, many volunteers. So big thank you to you all. I know as a Bostonian people, we are tough and resilient, so there is no doubt we get through this and be much stronger at the end. Can't wait to see you guys at the TD Garden again, but till then, keep safe, healthy, and disciplined. I'm with all of you guys, and stay safe. Big Z. If you've been a listener of this podcast for some time, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Boston Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans, just like you. 
Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Local fans love to support local businesses, especially during these trying times. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Let's talk Goon 2, shall we? Goon, Last of the Enforcers. Despite the fact that the first movie, which I watched and reviewed on the podcast last week, actually lost money at the box office, it gained life on Netflix and in video release and was pretty popular as a, a cult classic among hockey circles, and therefore it was deemed worthy of a sequel. This time, instead of co-starring, Jay Baruchel, he was still in... In the sequel, but he went behind the camera. This was his directorial debut. He also co-wrote it along with Jesse Shabbat. Uh, the film, again, stars Sean William Scott as Doug Glatt, Leah Schreiber as Ross Ray, Allison Pill as um, Eva Glatt, who is now Doug's wife. Uh, and... In this one as well is Kim Coates returns as the head coach of the Halifax Highlanders. Marc-André Grandin is Xavier Laflamme. And then we have some newcomers this time around as well with uh, Alicia Cuthbert playing a supporting role as Allison's Allison Pill's friend and Wyatt Russell, who is the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn playing, uh, what's his name, Anders Kane, who is... Uh, kind of the protagonist in this movie. Uh, T.J. Miller also makes several appearances alongside James Duthie in a pretty hilarious role as Chad Bailey, a co-host and co-anchor of TSN, well, what's supposed to be TSN Sports Desk. There's also a bunch of current and former hockey players who appear in the movie, including Tyler Sagan, Michael Delzato, Brandon Pruss, George Peros, Colton Orr, and George LaRocque. And Doug the Hammersmith, who the story of Doug Glatt is based on, also has a cameo in the bruised and battered sequence of the movie. Uh, he's headbutted by Sean William Scott as they square off uh, kind of at center ice. Filming locations, kind of interesting. The first one was filmed uh, more in Manitoba, Winnipeg. I mentioned there was a scene that was clearly MTS Center where the Jets play. This one was filmed more in Ontario, in and around Toronto, including... Hamilton and I think most of the hockey sequences were recorded inside Barry Molson Center in Barry, which is home to the OHL's Colts. Uh, some outdoor scenes were um, filmed in Hamilton. I think the scenes like of the the pub that they visit regularly that's in Hamilton and um, some parks in and around the city as well. So what happens in this movie? Well, basically, the plot is that there's a pro hockey lockout going on. And Doug Glatt's Halifax Highlanders have to contend with an influx of top talent moving down during this lockout. Uh, media focus is heightened on whatever league it is that they're playing in. And uh, at one point, uh, Anders Kane, his father who owns the Highlanders, his name's Hiram Kane, 
He says the whole world is watching, and Anders Kane, Wyatt, played by Wyatt, Wyatt Russell, as I mentioned, he has a pretty funny line where he says, "Like, well, maybe all of Canada and three or four states." Um, before the opening game, Doug is made captain, and he leads his team out on the ice. It's a close game, and Doug is goaded into a fight with the rival team's enforcer, who again is played by Anders Kane. I think it's the Reading something or others. Uh, he's an up-and-coming player. He's very talented, but he has more of a violent streak. And he's also, like I mentioned, the son of the Highlanders' owner. He kind of, uh, I've said before on the podcast with uh, enforcers, fighters, kind of going the way of the Dodo in the NHL. There's more of this hybrid scorer slash tough guy on the ice, the leading penalty minute uh, player this season was Evander Kane of the um, San Jose Sharks. So it's kind of interesting that Anders Kane is the main protagonist in this movie, although it's spelled C-A-I-N. Anyways, uh, Doug and Anders square off near the end of this game, and Doug is badly injured. Highlanders lose. Doug uh, has a serious injury. And he has to go into rehab. He decides to retire and accept a more stable job as an insurance salesman, kind of in the basement of this office building. Um, at home, Doug and wife Eva realize that she's expecting, and she and Doug make preparations for the new child. Um, so it's kind of Doug moving out of hockey, more into family life, getting settled, but also the emotions that come with having. Uh, maybe his career cut a little bit short. The Highlanders go on a big losing streak to begin the season, prompting the owner to make some changes. He signs a bunch of overseas players, one of whom you might recognize from Letterkenny, and he also pushes to add his own son to the team. Uh, I kind of thought they would go... He At one point, the owner says, we need to go all in to bring Anders here. I thought they would involve a trade with Laflamme and kind of flip those roles, but it's not really explained how exactly they come to acquire Anders Kane, but um, they do it. The coach, played by Kim Coates, he disagrees, anticipating some locker room dysfunction based on the way he uh, took out Doug, but um, the owner kind of strong arts him. Owner is also at the GM, which is not very typical, but maybe that's indicative of the lower league that they, uh, they find themselves in. Doug... Feels a bit stuck in his new job. Like I said, he's working in the basement of his building where people piss outside, sell cocaine. His boss is pretty inappropriate. And he begins to secretly train to get back into hockey shape. He visits his old rival, Ross the Boss Ray, played by Leo Shriver. He's left hockey and now competes in a hockey fighting league where he's the current champion. Basically, two guys just square off in an old barn and just pound the shit out of each other. Doug convinces Ross to train him in fighting with his left hand uh, because his right arm is the injured arm and it's pretty weak. Uh, Ross agrees to train him and Doug slowly begins to learn how to fight left-handed. Ross then convinces Doug that if he joins this battered and bruised operation and can impress, it could be a way to get back into minor league hockey. So Doug takes his advice The first fight ends up being a bit of a battle royale style brawl where some of those enforcers that I mentioned earlier make an appearance. Prost, Peros, LaRock, 
Um, Doug and Ross end up as the last two standing. Ross is too hurt to continue, and he collapses before they can actually begin throwing down. Uh, in the locker room after the fight, Ross reveals that he has post-concussion syndrome. No surprise there. Doctors have recommended that he stops playing as one the next hit could cause a permanent injury. Back with the Highlanders, they've improved a little bit with Anders as the captain, but not enough to get into a playoff spot. Anders has, again, a bit of a hot-headed streak where he just constantly gets penalized for fighting, for uh, bad hits behind the play, boarding, things like that. So in addition, his aggressive and violent attitude towards his fellow players keeps the whole team on edge and their play continues to suffer. There's another loss. Anders goes frustrated and ends up knocking out the entire opposing team. One thing to note about this movie is that it kind of has the charm and the pretty good hockey scenes of the original, but it's also heightened kind of like an NHL hits style uh, presentation. Uh, So Anders is suspended and the coach Demands a change. Um, Hiram, the owner, saw Doug at that battered and bruised fiasco and suggests that they bring him back, secretly hoping that his addition will push his son Anders to play a little bit better. Before Doug's first game back, Eva makes Doug promise that he won't fight, uh, concerned that they're about to be parents, doesn't want him to suffer any long-lasting brain trauma. I think I said earlier that Alicia Cuthbert is Eva's friend. I think she's actually her sister, just as a side note. Doug agrees. The Highlanders narrowly win in his celebrated return. Uh, They then go on a bit of a winning streak. Anders returns for suspension, and he goads Doug into being more aggressive. They interrupt a game. Uh, There's an enforcer from the opposition who's in the penalty box. They both wait outside the penalty box, waiting to show who is going to throw down and prove their toughness. They end up falling into the penalty box. There's a bit of a funny scene where they're, yeah, just entangled there. And uh, they're both suspended for the next game because of that. There's an after party after that game at the pub that I mentioned. That's in Hamilton. And Anders provokes Doug into a fight. Eva sees that Doug has been fighting again. She actually kicks him out of the house. Now, there's not much originality in the story plot in this one. The first movie, Highlanders struggling all season, fighting to get into a playoff spot. It's basically the same scenario that Last of the Enforcers uh, presents. But again, kicked up a few notches. Anders and Doug are suspended, so Hiram Kane decides to bring in Ross Ray, who has still been competing in that battered and bruised league to free up a spot. He terminates his son's contract because he's fed up with his antics. There's a very clear uh, hate between father and son, not maybe hate, but some trauma that's been caused by the father. Anders references therapy at some point. And uh, there's clearly some daddy issues going on there. Ross helps the Highlanders to win the first of their last two games. Doug suspended it during that game. Eva goes into labor during the game, and they make up as they, uh, as he's at the hospital after having the baby. Eva realizes that, um, you know, Doug is a passionate guy. He's loyal. He's faithful. He was there. Did not want to miss the birth of his child, and it's the same kind of passion that he brings to the game of hockey and defend his teammates on the ice, his on-ice family. So she gives 
her blessing to keep fighting. Um, having been kicked off the Highlanders, Anders rejoins the Reading team, and they, of course, play the Highlanders in the last game of the season with the playoff spot on the line. It's a chippy affair. Ross and Anders both start fights. Uh, at the beginning of the third period, Ross and Anders are involved in a scuffle, and Anders cheap shots Ross Ray, checking him, basically boarding him from behind. He's knocked unconscious, and while paramedics are trying to get him on a stretcher and off the ice, Doug hops the boards, which obviously would be a suspension, and uh, proceeds to skate right at Anders in order to uh, show a fight. Um, He uses his lefty training to beat Anders in the fight. Very bloody, very violent, very over-the-top fight. And then in a bit of a Karate Kid 2 moment, um, he shows a bit of mercy at the end where he doesn't immediately throw the knockout punch. He doesn't go as far to go and say, um, you know, whatever the line is. That What's the line that Daniel Russo says at the end? I think he just honks and says, and throws him down. Um, but Anders continues to go to him, saying that uh, he'll never stop coming at him until they're both like Ross being carried out on stretchers. So in a final act on the ice, realizing that, uh, you know, his family is more important to him and kind of fearing for his safety off the ice because Anders is clearly a crazy person. He uses his weakened right arm to punch Anders, completely throws his arm out, has to be helped off the ice. Hiram rushes out. Uh, Anders tells him that he hates hockey. That's kind of a, a telling moment where, you know, he's had all this aggression. He's a skilled player, but he's also, you know, reckless out on the ice. And it's like his dad has been putting so much pressure on him that he actually doesn't really like playing the game. And that could be true for a lot of players out there who have been pressured by their parents, just pushed and pushed and pushed. They go over the edge and then just end up not liking the game, really. The two do appear to reconcile a bit at the end, which which is a bit of a nice moment also. Doug knows that his hockey days are now behind him with both arms pretty much now. Uh, broken and um, he watches as the Highlanders do end up winning the game similar to the first one Xavier Laflamme uh, with the game winner um, again it's not sure whether that's because of the fight got him going or just the fact that Laflamme is the best player in the league and you know that's just bound to happen uh, but that's exactly what does happen and Glatt kind of puts down his stick with light shining in the back and um, makes his way home. That's pretty much it. That's the end of Goon 2. And, um, you know, it didn't really do well in terms of box office. I think it only made like 1.2 million Canadian, so basically nothing. Uh, I don't know if they had to cough up some more money to get the likes of Alicia Cuthbert, TJ Miller on board. I think this was kind of before TJ Miller left Silicon Valley and kind of fell off the map, but um, he and James Duthie, like I said, are kind of the more entertaining parts of the movie. I think it got about 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sean William Scott remains watchable as ever in this title role, but uh, Goon repeats its predecessor's violent or profane formula to diminishing effect. Metacritic said, uh, gives it a 48 out of 100. 
with mixed or average reviews. I think there was this one review from Barry Hertz of the Globe and Mail. He actually gave it three out of four stars, and I kind of um, agree with his his take. He says, Bear Shell sequel is everything that the original film was, amped up a degree or three. I mentioned that before. The fights involving dimbulb hero Doug, played by Sean William Scott, and his various rivals are bloodier, the locker room talk is dirtier, and the on-ice action is slicker. And that's one thing that I'll give the movie. The hockey is, is pretty quality in both both movies. The unlikely project, dash, how many made-in-Canada films spark a franchise, doesn't quite reach the heights of the original film, which found surprising pathos in Doug's tale of sweet good guy to brutal goon. But it delivers on nearly every other scale, including standout performances from Scott, Allison Pill, and Liev Schreiber, as well as some bits of comic gold courtesy of series rookies Wyatt Russell, TJ Miller, and Jason Jones. Jason Jones is um, plays Bob Forbes, who is the um, aforementioned boss of Sean William Scott at the... Um, insurance company you might know him from the daily show and uh he's married to samantha b who also has her own very popular and funny uh comedy show as well so yeah um i think overall not didn't quite have the charm and the um organic feel as the first one everything was heightened the punches were bigger there's more stars in it um, but I, I did enjoy it overall. I think it had some poignant things to say about uh, enforcers, how they're dying, how people still uh, have some entertainment out of fighting in hockey, but how it's trending more towards a skilled game and, uh, you know, that emphasis on physicality and, um, you know, boarding egregious acts of violence are not something that makes the game fun for anybody. Xavier Laflamme becomes captain before the final game, and his speech was actually uh, pretty, um, I wouldn't say inspiring, but I think it, it showed kind of what the movie was all about. He said, I learned the difference between a moment and a career is evolution. You will slow down, you will get old, your body will fail you, so you evolve, you change your game, you do what you need to do with the time you got. If not, you go extinct. Evolve or go extinct. Are you ready to go extinct? And I think just to tie it in with the Bruins a bit, it really reminds me of guys like Milan Lucic, who has since moved on from the Bruins, played with the Kings, Oilers, now with the Flames. You really see um, the trouble that he's having keeping up in today's NHL trying to evolve he doesn't have the speed so he is going extinct a bit we've seen that with David Backus as well uh, a leader with the Blues a veteran presence with the Bruins and then just has deteriorated due to some health issues concussion he had that bowel surgery a couple years ago but again uh, these kind of players that can't keep up um, are going extinct. They try to evolve, uh, but they just can't keep up and can't change their game and do what they need to do. Uh, so they do what they do with the time that they have. And uh, more and more these days, it's coming up short. So uh, yeah, last of the enforcers. I do recommend it. It is on Netflix. 
There are some lines and scenes that, that may offend. Fair warning, I would not recommend it for kids, obviously. But uh, if you're into hockey, if you like that uh, style of humor, if you like uh, face punching and blood, uh, then uh, you'll certainly find this entertaining. I, I did find it entertaining in terms of uh, Wyatt Russell's performance. I thought he was really good in this. Uh, the comedy between Duthie and T.J. Miller was was pretty good as well. And Sean William Scott uh, with his kind of tender, tough guy uh, routine worked as well again. I would assume that there won't be a Goon 3, considering the way things ended, but uh, you never know in today's day and age whether or not we'll see another one. But as far as hockey movies go, Goon 1 and Goon 2 are pretty good overall. and um, you know, like I said, the quality of hockey portrayed in the movie is, is pretty high, which is a bonus. And um, maybe I'll have to go back and watch Slapshot to see kind of how it stacks up to that classic. And uh, if you have any recommendations for what I should watch for next week's Movie Monday, please hit me up on Twitter at ENC McLaren or locked on Boston Bruins at gmail.com. <laughs>